Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. One word doesn't seem to fit for contemporary American ears. I can see holy and awesome and praise and wisdom and understanding enduring forever, but the word that doesn't seem to quite fit to my ears is fear. I don't associate fear with praise, but with trembling. Fear often happens because you don't have understanding or wisdom. And who wants to be afraid forever? Something with our uh, American ears doesn't hear the fullness of that word fear as it's used in God's Word. Something about fear in the Bible is bigger and broader and better than just being afraid or frightened or terrified. Well, that definition, that meaning is certainly there in God's Word. Our experience of fear as being afraid is certainly not only true in here, but in our lives. I'm afraid of heights. Not terribly. I can get up on a ladder. But to get up on our roof and go over to the corner that looks two stories down onto the uh, driveway to clean out my gutters... Well, I can get close to the edge, but then my brain says, no farther. And the fear just keeps me from moving anymore. We know that kind of fear. We know a fear that when you're driving along the interstate and you hit an icy patch and start to slide, or you wake up in the middle of the night and you hear a noise that just shouldn't be there, that's fear. You you hear the tornado sirens, you turn on the TV and you see that you are right in the path of that that storm. That's fearful. Somebody in your family is losing a job, a house, foreclosure. That's fear. Two of the most scary words today are cancer and Alzheimer's. That's fearful words heard. Or maybe you're just out in the park somewhere and you see a great big old snake slither right in front of you. For most of us, that's frightening. We know that definition of fear. It's pretty much what we almost always hear. But something more is going on here. If you put it together with holy and awesome and wisdom and understanding and praise enduring forever, there's something bigger and broader and better. And there is a sense of respect, no, even more of of awe, of amazement, even reverence. A few years back, my wife Sue and I went to see the Grand Canyon. How many of you have ever been to the Grand Canyon? Just raise your hand here. All right, most of you have. Some haven't. I can tell you this. If you haven't been there yet, pictures don't do it justice. You really need to be there to see how deep and how wide it actually is. 
Now, you may ask yourself, how does somebody who is afraid of heights, of even looking over two stories down, get close enough to the edge to look down and across at the Grand Canyon? Well, it's a bit nerve-wracking, but there's just something about the Grand Canyon. It is so magnificent and so awesome that I wanted to get closer for a better look. It is really an incredible work of God's creative hand. Someone once said that the Grand Canyon is the box that the Rocky Mountains came in. The day my wife and I went there was mid-November. There are very few tourists in mid-November. And so we were able to go to some of the lookouts and stand in silence by ourselves and just be filled with a sense of, of, of amazement and reverence for the creator God we worship who could make something like this. All the while, I'm hanging on to the guardrail for dear life. To get a sense there of the fear as scared, but even more a fear of, a, of awe and amazement and reverence. One person in, in, in the Bible that had to have that bigger and broader and fuller experience would be the criminal that's crucified next to Jesus. He is afraid. He's terrified. It is going to be an ugly, horrible death. He's being punished. He knows it. He's going to die. That's frightening. But he's listening. He's listening to the crowd below Jesus, the soldiers, the leaders, and they're, they're mocking him. They're ridiculing Jesus. Oh, if you're the king of the Jews, come on down from there. Save yourself. And even the other criminal on the other side, he's mocking him too. Oh, you're the Christ? Well, save us and save yourself. Oh, but the criminal next to Jesus has something more than just being scared going on. Listen to what he says to that criminal mocking. Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed justly for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Do you not fear God? The man is afraid, not just because he's dying a horrible death, but because he knows he's messed up his life with God. He is guilty in God's sight, and God's punishment is far worse than just crucifixion, horrible though that may be. The Bible says that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Jesus himself early in his ministry says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who 
after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. The criminal on the cross was afraid. He had messed up. He was guilty. And there was punishment to pay, not only in this life, but in the life to come. And yet there is more than just that scared fear. He looks across, he sees Jesus, and there had to be a sense of amazement or awe or even reverence that would say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The man is pleading for mercy. He's asking for grace. And Jesus is so amazing. He does not come down from the cross. He doesn't show all those people ridiculing them what he can do. No, he stays there. His love is so deep, so wide, a thousand Grand Canyons could not hold it. And with that sense of awe and amazement, the criminal hears, today you will be with me in paradise bigger and better and broader. That's fear. That's holy and awesome is his name. That's the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have good understanding. That's his praise enduring forever. And when does that happen in our lives? We're not at the Grand Canyon. We're not there with the crucifixion. How about for us? When do we have that bigger, broader, better fear? Well, in worship, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and, and, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. We, too, deserve to fall into the hands of a living God. But then we hear more. As they called an ordained servant of the word, I announced the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And don't lose the sign of the cross that's made. How deep and how wide is Jesus' amazing love and grace and mercy for us? That's reverent fear. Or when you're afraid and you hear words like cancer or Alzheimer's or a tornado, a tornado warning siren, or you're afraid for your life or your safety or for your kids or your family, or whenever you're feeling that, that, that shot into the gut, the heart going into double time, your face looking terrified or just plain afraid, that's when we need like the criminal, to simply say, remember me, remember me, and remember how deep and how wide Jesus' love is for us. My older sister, Joy, died a few years back, cancer in the liver. She was a very dedicated believer, openly shared her faith, Raised her kids in the <laughs> fear and of the Lord. The last couple of days before she died, she was sleeping most of the time, 
and her breathing was labored. Her family would sit next to her and hold her hand and, and occasionally someone would say, it's okay, Mom, you can go to be with Jesus. Don't fight so hard for every breath. And on one of those last moments of consciousness, she was able to wake up and say two words. She said, I'm scared. Now, she believed, but there is still that scared fear, just as we will have right up to the very end. Two days after she died, the church was filled for the visitation and for the funeral, and near the guest book was a one-page personal testimony that she had written out as the last word she wanted us to hear. And it spoke freely of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, of how she was looking forward to walking the streets of gold with her loved ones. And then she ended with her favorite Bible passage, Isaiah 26. You, Lord, keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. That's an awesome, reverent fear. Bigger and broader and better. We will live this life as God's people. We will be afraid fear. But we also have a reverent, amazed fear too. And that's what helps us to hear Psalm 111 all together. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. Amen.